0: This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey Jason Glick, how are you doing? Oh I'm great, John, cause we're at Fannie. Again. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah.
1: So Oh yeah. It's like always great to be back at this convention. It's like it may seem like we're like totally totally in the pocket for them, but that's just because you know, it like allows us to get away from where we are and come come and enjoy things in glorious San Jose.
0: Indeed. It's real nice out here and uh, and uh, as more fans begin to converge upon the convention center. We'll see more and more of that fandom come out. However, we're not here to talk specifically about the con, even though we're gonna probably be um, going to the Dark Horse panel, correct?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and, Can't uh, miss
0: Carl Horn. Absolutely not. Um, but we are, you do actually have some reviews for us on the table this time. So, what do you have?
1: Yeah, that's right. As, as it is, um, finally, that means that, that means this is like something we have to do something specifically manga related. And this time, well, it's like those of you with long memories maybe remember when I talked about, um, did a podcast a while back about comics that have never been collected in chamberback um, in form. Well, it turns out that Dark Horse Comics has a lot of manga that has not been collected in paperback form as well. That, only, that you can only pick up in single issue form. It's like like whether whether you're industrious enough to seek it out. Now, regular readers may know that I have been very critical about Dark Horse's ability to regularly publish like their titles, such as say um, Ghost Talkers Daydream, the Kurosaki Corpse Delivery Service. Eden, it's an endless world dark horse has um really not been um the best when it comes to um putting out like 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 finishing the titles that they start it's like in this new modern era but the thing is like you know like that's that's not that wasn't all that was that, that, that not only was that still the case back in the day that was actually the standard for both dark horse and viz and all of the other manga publishers who did it back in the days when 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 manga was published in single issue form. So so when I'm talking about like series that you know ha- haven't been collected, I mean this is stuff that you know got like six issues back in like um, 1994 and was never heard from again. You know, or you know until like I went to a panel at um, at AX back in 2015 or so, and. It's like, and, and Carl Horn and and Philip Simon talked about like some of, the, some of the series that they said, hey, you know what, we did these back in the 90s and we were never able to cl- collect these. Well, that's, so I figured like, okay, it's like, well, I mean, there's like manga out there that's like, you know, that, like manga out there that I haven't read and hasn't been collected. You know, it's like, I, I you know, I, I want to read this. I want to check it out. It's like, because, you know, hey, while I am a hardcore um, trade waiter when it comes to reading my comics. The one sure way to get me to buy a single issue comic is to make sure it is never reprinted in um, trade paperback form, such as the case with these um, with these um, manga I'm going to talk about from Dark Horse Comics. Now, um, some of these, um, I imagine, I were. Um, Not ever reprinted because of rights reasons. That Dark Horse, like for whatever reason, didn't doesn't have the rights to to, to, um, bring these into um, trade paperback form for whatever reason, or just the fact that it's really that terrible that you'd never want to um, read them again. Such is the case with the title that I'm first. I'm going to talk about title called Chrono War, from creator Kazumasa Takayama. Involves it starts off. um, involving a, uh, like, involving um, parts of Tokyo being evacuated due to a uh, satellite that's supposed to crash land there. But there's also some drama um, being, like, in the middle in the midst of this. There's a, uh, it's like, there's a guy, guy named um, uh, Machida, who, uh, uh, yeah, Machida, who, um, like, apparently, like, I'm stabbed, said business partner, now he's being tracked down by the cops. And apparently there's also a housewife named... Um, it's, like, named Chiaki. Was it, was it Chiaki? God damn it. Why can't I remember her name? Yeah, Chiaki. Um, who is, it's like, who also um, has some sort of connection to Machida as well. It's, like, while, um, it's like while Machida encounters Chiaki as he's um, trying to make his escape, um, the satellite crash lands and time stands still. Because it turns out that the uh, satellite was carrying an alien intelligence from a civilization that died... Um, several, um, like several hundred light years ago, like and, and is now um, trying to trying to determine like, you know how like is, like is Earth a suitable place to help rebuild its, um, it's like its or its civilization. Now there are some decent ideas in it's like in the sense that um, it's, like, it's like in in the whole like fact that like you know most of these manga um, takes place in the world where time stands still it's like and it's like and Machida and Shaki and the te- detective have to work things out it's like on on their own terms and that's kind of cool but the um, actual like character dramatics are very it's like very very formulaic the uh, detective um, winds up um, going insane because of the uh, like cuz he was the first guy that the alien intelligence tried to download all of his memories into and um, Machida and Chahi were probably the, were, were, were the beneficiaries of the fact of this um test procedure but now the detective has kind of gone crazy in the sense that hey you know it's like now we can make this make this whole world like new or like we're, we're freedom from, from like from obligation and in like, regulations and everything and it's kind of like oh that's, he's just gone crazy and like even with the uh, like the, the time stop stuff like there's also the fact that um, that uh, Machida is eventually revealed to have been been in love with uh, Chiaki since you know they were they went to high school together, and apparently he was um, it's like also working on like the uh, like when she went off to Tokyo to become a star he was kind of like I like always there watching her it's like working as a uh, it's like as a, as a hand as a tech hand on her films and it's kind of like oh, that's kind of creepy and. Um, it's like he, he never really evolves beyond kind of like the, like the like a stalker type persona. It's like, and um well, the uh, series does get off to a good start by uh, presenting Chuck. He's kind of like someone who was able to as someone who was able to use this um this tech this alien tech to move around. Um, well, the first image of in the series is her saying like, hey, you know what? there are some things worth fighting for. If you think, oh great, we're going to get a, a a solid a strong female protagonist right here. But no, she's kind of like she's ultimately really be dependent on um, on Machida saying, "Oh, you know, like I I love you." It's like because she can't summon the wheel up to um, take on the de- detective on her own terms later on in the series. The art is also kind of fairly amateurish for the most part. I mean, it's decent enough, but it's like it's that's really not all that impressive for like for the most part. I mean, I can it, if you were in the, if you're living. Like in the '90s, and you were like hungry to uh, experience like everything that manga had to offer, then yeah, I can see you getting into *Chrono War*. Um, These days, it's a buried treasure that you know is best that's best to stay buried. Um, The uh, nine issues *Dark Horse* published appear to be the entirety of the series, Um, which which leads me to believe that um, they got they got this probably for either really cheap from the original from the japanese publisher or they basically said hey you need to take this in order to get this other title you want to publish so there you go don't expect to see chrono war um reprinted in a uh like in a nice uh, one volume edition like uh like say um the two faces of tomorrow was but um there you go anyway on a more positive note and something that i'm Just a little bit more surprised that Dark Horse didn't try to reprint back when the back when um, the like um like the unflipped manga, but back when the manga boom was going, um, there is Hellhounds, Panzer Cops. Now, if you're wondering, like you know, hey, it's like okay, that's uh, kind of the incendiary title right there in the sense that hey, um, there's can we talk about like you. When you talk about like say Panzer Cops, you think like, hey, you know, Panzers, like you know like the tanks that Germany used in World War Two. That's kind of like quasi Nazi imagery right there, huh? Well, that's you're not too far off right there. But the thing is that um, Hellhounds is actually set in the world of um, Mamoru Oshii's um, Jinro, the Wolf Brigade. This is the this is a um, picture of a Japan who, um, who slowly descended into fascism after World War Two when they um, Created a special um, capital police that was developed first to um, take out um, organized crime, but then, but eventually, um, was used on the front lines to take out um, it's like the uh, and the um, guerrilla rebellion against the, um, the the totalitarian government that rose up in its place. Now, the six issues of um, Hellhound's um, Panzer Cops are kind of a uh, nice survey of the. Uh, of the world, Osh- like Oshi created. It's like the first, first issue has, um, like, has a nice inversion of the story of like how how a lone wolf type character, um, like, w- comes to work with the, um, it's like, with the Panzer cops, and um, you know it's like, well, these, you know, how these stories go. It's like, you know, he's he's the lone wolf. He doesn't play by anyone's w- rules, but um, it's like, but he's gonna like uh, save the day in the end. Nah, it's the nice. It's like, I liked seeing, um, the first issue is probably the strongest of the series in that, in the twist that it provides, it's like, and they, they kind of rebuttal to like how, showing how a, a lone wolf working in a um, highly or highly structured a military unit can be um, like very detrimental to the success of the unit itself. Um, the subsequent stories involving um, t- terrorist attack on the uh, Panzer Cop's new helicopter um, some like in, interdepartment squabbling between the two, it's like between the uh, the cops and the uh, regular and the regular um, Japanese police, and the uh, and a, a terrorist um, like um, hostage attempt on a it's like uh, um done on a police on a um it's like on a plane that um, leads to more um in, like interagency feuding. It's like are kind of inter- are fairly interesting. Um, there is the sense that I like, feel. You know, that um, Oshi, who wrote the series, is kind of um, uh, like advancing his own mindset more, than, like about about Japan more than anything else, and um, the art from Takumi Fujiwara, um, you know, it's fairly competent. I mean, he's good with the uh, mechanical designs and the. Uh, it's like, and the Panzer Cop's um, iconic armor design as well, but the uh, characters, you know, kind of have this like familiar um, ni- like ni- like um 90 s anime manga look to them. It's like, and that's that doesn't really serve serve the story all that well. You know, compared to anyone who's seen um, Jinro the Wolf Brigade, which you know, it's like if you haven't, it's like highly worth checking out. Um, this um, the six issues Dark Horse published represent the f- the first of two volumes that. Two volumes of the manga. Um, the fact that it hasn't been reprinted likely means that Dark Horse um, has lost the rights to it. It's like because I, because I would imagine that you know it's like having um, someone of Oshi's name like like say hey from the creator of Ghost in the Shell or from, no not from the creator of Ghost in the Shell from the guy who directed the Ghost in the, Sh- Ghost, the original Ghost in the Shell anime. It's like like that would be a, a solid selling point. That they would like they would that obviously is what got the uh probably got the series greenlit in the first place but um would also like likely be a nice selling point um for for a reprinted version as well but you know it's like they didn't do it so don't expect to see this series um, reprinted um it's like or brought up again anytime soon okay same goes for um this other series that I picked up um, Rebel Sword from Yoshikazu Yasuhiko. Now, he's probably not as famous as Oshi, mainly because, well, it's like the series that he worked on, it's like, isn't as quite iconic in American anime terms. But the thing is, like, he was the guy who did the character designs and animation direction for the original Mobile Suit Gundam. So the guy's kind of a living legend, and um, he also he's also responsible for. Um, the Mobile Suit Gundam, the origin manga, which I loved um, from Vertical. Rebel Sword, you know, it's like not, well, I guess it could be worse. But the thing is, it's like he's he's doing something that, you know, we wouldn't have batted an eye at in the 90s. But, you know, in these, uh, quote unquote, enlightened times of the uh, late um, 20-teens, does come off as kind of sketchy, because it involves a, a, a kid, um, Jiro Manabe, who is um, half Japanese, half Kurdish, and who like he's he was sent to um, Japan like to, um, live, to hopefully live out a normal life by his mother, like like back when he was a kid, and his dad who um, was you know like researching like stuff back in the day, but he's um eventually called back to Turkey, and because uh, apparently it's like. Um, essentially, by his mother, who is apparently now a um, opium-addicted um, belly dancer, and um, it's like, and it, and it's, and the idea is that you know, it's like he's he's apparently like thought to be like the destined one who's going to like lead these um, Kurdish rebels, like again in the rebellion against the Turkish, the evil Turkish government. So, well, on one hand, it's like it's somewhat admirable to see um, um, Yasuhiko um, try and address, you know. Modern issues in this uh, series—it's kind of done from a traditional Japanese um hero standpoint, like from the uh, from the, the from Kasim, the uh, burly guy who um t- t- who seems like he's going to be a like, antagonist, but also turns out to be like the guy um, Jiro's um like one of the few guys Jiro can trust here to um the like to the hot-headed rebel in the uh, Kurdish. Kurdish camp, who um, sees Jiro as a threat to his position there. It's it's like he's a, he's a scrubbing Japanese um, like manga tropes to real world um, like like um, factions, and that's eh, kind of awkward. If you if you can look 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 past that stuff or just ignore it altogether, this series is um, it's like it's like it's like is enjoyable in terms of a. Um, in terms of being a decent action adventure type story but um it's like if you, if you can't then um well it's like it's probably not for you also a prior buried entry is the fact that um Yasuhiko's art is eighties is so so eighties man it's like I when it i i find it um like admirable like to see how he how his um style is so rooted in an era. Um, an error that I'm familiar with. That that it's. I, I want to applaud him, but um, others, you know, might just have some kind of issue with that. Um, now, I guess uh, before I, it's like before I go on to the next
0: big thing, um,
1: John. It's like, is there anything that's like you know caught your ear about
0: about any of this? I have no problems with eighties style um <laughs> artwork like that. <laughs> okay. Uh, however, I understand your point of view, so <laughs> I, I understand. Yeah, I don't you, either, I, but I mean understand. I'm just saying that there uh, that uh, uh, you know there's some people out there who just like look at this and they're oh, like, Man, that's this dated. Uh, that style is so dated. Exactly. Yeah, I get it. I totally get that. You know, although I will just just uh, yes, I'm going to reveal. I have a daughter, and she actually is now beginning to appreciate older manga and anime styles. And I'm like, because she's a fan of the the medium itself. So, <laughs> oh, this, I, this I, would be a good litmus test for her. Then, mm-hmm. yeah, she's a true millennial.
1: Yeah, but I'd say say Mm -hmm. Go and pick pick, Get her her, like The first volume Of Gundam The Origin Mm -hmm. that's probably Much Much less I don't know It's like uh, It's it's a much easier way To get into like 80s style Than um, say Rumble Sword Yeah, probably So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah, but um, As far as like the, The big thing I want to talk about here Is that You know, it's like for all, even like, it's Admiral the Dark Horse, like, you wanted to, like, publish a nice diversity of titles, like, back in the 90s. Um, It's also telling the fact that, you know, it's like, even though they got, um... Well, let me back up a bit, because Dark Horse... Dark Horse's um, best successes tend to come from out of nowhere. nowhere. Whether it's, like, picking up the Star Wars license after Marvel had dropped it, um, taking a chance on, like... On creators like letting on creator on creators like Frank Miller and Mike Mignola run run wild, it's like it's like or um it's like or giving like you know a singer like um, Gerard Way a chance to just like go go with his stuff. I mean, it's like the create Dark Horse since Dark Horse's best successes tend to come when they're doing something different that you know nobody saw coming. So when they published the next the the uh, manga from the creator of Akira, you would think, hey, that's a um, nice, solid home run right there. This is the this is the this is the latest manga from the guy who published the uh, manga and did the film that broke anime. It's like in it's like in the U.S. the guy that like basically uh, made everyone stand up and take notice. So this should have been um, a uh, it's like, like a solid home run for them. Katsuhiro Otomo's um, *The Legend of Mother Sarah* lasted for three miniseries from *Dark Horse*, but basically covering um, roughly half of the, of, the, of the series' total total length. So, it's probably so. On one hand, it's like it's telling that you know, hey, like the name doesn't mean everything for a series, and it's also and I also have to wonder that you know. I, If it wasn't, if a name wasn't attached to this, would would they have only gotten um, past the first first series? Which, okay, well, this is like a uh, never-collected podcast. Um, It's it's worth mentioning that the first arc of Legend of Mother Sarah, Tunnel Town, was collected. And I believe I've talked about this on one of my Buried Treasures of Manga podcasts before. Um, The two miniseries that followed, City of Children and um, City of the Angels, were not collected. So, I just want to reiterate that um, Tunnel Town is a is an is an is an entertaining little B story involving um, Sarah, a uh, refugee from a, uh, like from a from a space colony who was separated from her three from her three children, um, Satoko Ts- um, see, Satoko, Harato and Sumuri. And um, she, and when we int- when she's introduced to her, like on, like, like on the Earth, like she's trying to, like, f- like find out what happened to them. So it's like you know you got a solid premise right there, and also it's it's clearly something that Sarah is kind of a badass in her own right. And So she's like very, very capable of handling herself. It's like and like um and being a great, like, a great strong strong female protagonist. Um, the first the first arc which is the only one that was collected Tunnel Town like shows you what happens when um, she mixes it up with the uh like with the people uh, with the um, residents of a town who are like like bowing down to the um, Mother Earth um, faction which is the um, environmentalist faction that has become radicalized into a military front as opposed to the, um, the Epoch group which is kind of like the uh, they're like the uh, progressives but you know they're Basically, all the um, the tree huggers and the uh, it's like and the progressives have both been radicalized into military groups, and so like they're just like you know completely at odds with each other. It's like this will this will be important later on, but for now it's like they're just like you know, it's like they're just kind of like like bad guys for the um, for the first couple arcs. Tunnel Town, like overall, isn't bad. Um, City of the Children and City of the Angels. Aren't all that great for the most part, because City of the Children basically has Sarah and her oh oh god that's right I have to talk about Sue. Um, Sue um, is um, her short black um, mer- um, m- merchant companion who, if I'm being charitable, is kind of a color. Colorful, like um, constantly scheming type guy. If I'm being um, very critical, he's like he's a fright, he's a he's a he's an awful racial caricature of of Japan. Uh, like imagining just you know what like the uh, scheming black man is like. So it's like oh god. And also, um, let me talk about the art for a second. Um, Takumi Nagayasu illustrated the series. Kat- um, Tomo only wrote wrote it. Well, Nagayasu is really good with, um, like mimicking, um, style for the most part, and he's got a like, great level sense of detail for the, uh, for a lot of the stuff that goes on here. Tsue is, oh God, so like he's, he's a frightening racial caricature, especially in the way that, that Nagayasu apparently can't draw him without seeming cockeyed. And it's like, oh God, that's, uh, it's, it's bad. Um... I want to say that way, way back in the day when I actually did a manga column for IGN, no, it's true, honest, believe it. Um, I, it's like, I, um, I, I wrote off Zoué as being, as, as being um, Sarah's colorful, like, you know, like, um, comrade in arms and I regret that because it was one of those, when I wrote that column, I was just kind of like doing it, like I'm by the seat of my pants, like hours before deadline and so, it's like, you know, well, it's like, while it's like, well, I uh, don't, it's like, while well, like, most of it turned out all right, that's one thing I, I do regret. So it's like, so Tsue, it's like, you know, he's not a bad character, but he's, but as far as like ra- racial representation goes, he's a huge um, strike against Japan's, um, it's like, you know, un- like uh, overall like level of um, racial understanding. Now, getting back to the um, series itself, um, City of the Children, like goes back to some of the, like Otomo's, um pet themes of like you know kids. It's like of, of kids, you know. It's like uh, having a, having a, ideas of like you know how they want to run things. It's like and psychic powers, and it's kind of like it reads like his most transparent attempt to like work some stuff that he that that worked in Akira like into this new series. Like hey, you know you want want like a leader with psychic powers? We got that. It's like you want some like drug crazed psychos hey we got that too um, it doesn't quite work as well as you as well as you would hope and um, same goes for the, for the arc that follows um, City of the Angels where um, Sarah and Sue come to a series a, uh, a town that is um, kind of, that is like in the middle of the war that is right in the middle of the war but is also being um, besieged from within by a group of pacifistic um, by Pacific Religious Order, who, which, all, which also counts um, one, of, one of Sarah's kids as its member, so that's the, uh, the main, the main arc, main drive of this arc as well. But at the same time, though, it's like it's re- it feels really stretched out for the, uh, let's say, how many is it? The uh, nine issues that it runs. So it's. And also, the um, end of the arc involves a very um, sentimental saccharine story moment where it's like where the, where the girl's religious um, fervor is revealed to have saved everyone. It's like and um, like there's a giant rainbow. It's like in the in the end as well. It's like it's like oh god, Otomo, you should know better. God damn it. <sighs> well. It's also. I also want to mention that the final issue of um, Legend of Mother Sarah, published by Dark Horse, involved a little brief editorial saying that, "Hey, um, well, we'd like to continue this series. That's not going to happen because it's not selling well." I I appreciated that in the sense that you know it's like it, Dark Horse is directly telling telling its its readers, "Hey, you know what? Series isn't coming back, and this is the reason why." it's a lot more consideration than we get in the modern era where you where it's like you actually have to ask track down one of their guys at the convention and ask them hey is this series on hiatus which basically means canceled it's like and they, and getting them to say yes it's like then there you go so it's it's a lot more considerate i'd like to see this level of consideration like from dark horse of of the modern day compared to what we got right now now that being said like Hearing hear me talk about how like the uh, uncollected um, issues of the Legend of Mother Sarah um, weren't all that great, well, you know, it's like what happened to the, the back half of the series? The part that Dark Horse didn't publish. You might think that hey, well, the the, the this first half was had issues. Well, gee, that's why we want to read the second half. <laughs> here's the here's the best part, everyone, and. Um, 'Cause it turns out that um the series actually gets better like at once it gets into the um fi- gets into the back half when we meet up with um Sarah's other one of Sarah's other kids, um, Harato, who was leading a, a a rebel gang, like throughout the like um, fighting against the uh, the ideologies of um, Epoch and Mother Earth. It's like, and also the idea that um, Epoch and Mother Earth are now fighting, uh, trying to um, find some sort of peace accord as well. It's like this. So, and then you throw in the fact that hey, turns out that not all the colonies um, that 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 um, started the evacuate that. That started the evacuation that Sarah did back in this when the series started. Turns out there were also still people up there, and now they're coming back down to Earth as well. The um, the back end of the series, which if you're wondering, Jason, well, how did you read this? Do you know Japanese? No, I don't. goddammit. This is um, this is all through the magic of scanlations, through the good people at um, Ambototo. well. Okay, matoto.to is just you know, hosting these these things. This is actually by some people who um, scanlated it back in 2013. And um, okay, the scanlation job is highly dubious. I mean, anyone with a rudimentary understanding of English will look at this and go, okay, yeah, um, you guys need some work on it, seriously. So, but at the same time though, it's still an, in- an intelligible English translation and, um, it's like, I'm glad to have it as opposed to having no translation at all. It's also worth noting is these translations were apparently scanned from the French editions. So, so on one hand, I, I guess, you know, so thanks France. It's like, like you did good right there. So... So I mean like really it's like the uh, the back half of the series really benefits from the fact that um, there's a lot more going on from the a- antics of of um, Harato's um, it's like, um rebel group to the um, it's like like to the idiotic ideological, ideological um, peacetime clashes between Epoch and Mother Earth, which well, like their logger headed approach to the peace talks will Ring regrettably true to anyone um, who is who is currently living in our divided political climate. It's like, and also as as is the fact that the um, the real work um, in terms of negotiating peace between the two apparently is happening behind closed doors, as opposed to you know it's like in the uh, like open open area with everyone where everyone can see what's going on. It's like, and the uh, like the return of the colonies is also like a, a a crazy twist that um works that works pretty well and it's like overall it's like when I it's like it's like I I was kind of um I it's like worried about like you know just checking out like see how this how the series would uh, series would end after um it's like after checking out finding out there were scantilations for it but the more I read of this of this of the back half, the more invested that I got into it, to the point where it's like, hey, you know what? It's like I think I can put off playing video games for a while just to finish, um, like how this is going. The uh, one big issue I have with it is that um, Sarah does become kind of a um, like kind of like a secondary player to this um, to this back half that she's kind of like more or less reacting to what's going on between like what Harato does and what the um, returning um, space colonists Sarah. Uh, are up to it's like and also we never really find out just how she became such a real badass i mean there are some hints that she was some kind of like military specialist before becoming a mother but we never but it's never fully explained just you know why she um became so like so awesome at, it's like awesome at combat so so that's that's kind of disappointing and also can't imagine like some people will have um issues with uh how she uh ha- like how she handles her regret at being a being a mother to her youngest child as well, which is kind of which is kind of painful and is covered through the uh, like through the uh, city of children arc as well. So, um, okay, if as far as. Um, as far as, like, the best um, uncollected stuff from Dark Horse goes, um, strictly speaking, it's um, Hellhounds, Panzer Cops, because that's, that's an interesting look at one of Mamoru um, um like, um, created, created worlds. It's like, and I'd love to see more, more of it. In fact, I'd love to see the second half of it, because, because while the uh, first... The volumes of darker pillars were actually rescanlated by another group who has a um, similarly shaky grasp of the English language as people who did the uh, translation as of the back half of the Legend of Mother Sarah. Um, there's still another volume out there that ne- needs to be translated that hasn't happened yet. Um, but still, it's like if you were if you're going to pick up the uh, like the legend of the Mother of Sarah, that's overall the best of, of the series that's um, has not been collected by Dark Horse. Granted, the stuff that Dark Horse actually published is probably the least of the series itself. But it's like if you're going to um, like, but taking the series as a whole, it's like it's it's still very entertaining. Just you gotta like go and um, check out the uh, the scanlations as well. I have no problem recommending the scanlations because well, we're we'll probably never ever. See on um, Legend of Mother Sarah* um, collected in, in a multi-volume edition. I think that's because, also because you know, not not just because of the series' failure like commercially back in the 90s, but also it seems that um, Otomo wants is only only wants to let um, like Akira be his legacy like, in the English language or in the Japanese language as well. I don't know if he's actually gone. Or, if there's actually an edition of his um, like of his um, of his short works. It's, like, um, published, like, in Japan as well. You see, I've heard where the tech, you know, he's not really um, big on letting his old stuff be published, like, beyond Akira. So, so really, it's like, if you're going to read the scanlated um, volumes, then you're really not um, depriving him of any money. Because he's not going to provide you with an English language edition anyway. But, hey, if he does at some point, then you are obligated to buy it. There you go. All right, um, John. Any thoughts on that crazy ass back half of things?
0: Um, no, not really from my point of view here. Um, <clears throat> it's just interesting, uh, you know, the the fact you were just mentioning about, uh, you know, if it feels like it feels like Akira is it, <laughs> you know. If,
1: I, I the thing is with I hear that with Otomo's, Otomo's early works were like... like Basically, I'm assuming it's like kind of like the the it guy for manga back back in the day, and then he did this um, unfinished series Fireball about you know man that was like a, like a man versus computer type series. And then he then he did Akira, which is kind of like you know this huge big thing that you know hey um, like yo, know this is it was like it was a thing that, that it, it genuinely changed things and also you know it's like following up something like that that's Got to be legitimately frightening for, for anyone. Um, on one hand, it's like uh, I'm glad we have um, that he um, did, um, like try to follow it up with um, Legend of Mother Sarah. Um, I mean, no, it's not as good as Akira, but I still thought it was like enter- entertaining on its own terms. I mean, and you know, it's, a, it's kind of disappointing that we haven't seen um, that he hasn't been, done a lot of manga since, like I mean, mostly focusing on. Um, on on anime works like um, like the Short Piece Collective and Steamboy, or live action stuff like um, like the Mushishi movie. So so like I mean like I still I'd still love to see um, him do more. Or sorry, I'd love to read more stuff from him. But um, you know, it's like after you've done Akira, you know, trying to follow that up—that's huge daunting task for anyone. And if he and if he doesn't want to do it, then I. Yeah, I kind of understand
0: that. Yeah, and, um, you know, if you're going to catch any of those updates, if you listen to this podcast, yeah, you're going to get it straight from the horse's mouth, as us say, um, because we'll keep you updated. Uh, uh, you know, Jason will keep you updated. Indeed I will. And, all right. And with that, uh, we'll catch you next time on Comic Picks by the Glick. All right. Laters. Bye.